anyone claiming that America's economy is in decline is peddling fiction. I've abandoned free market principles to save the free market system. But we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it. Raising the debt ceiling does not increase our debt. It does not somehow promote profligacy. I know words. I have the best words. Nobody knows the system better than me, which is why I alone can fix it. Everybody, welcome back to a brand new episode of Peddling Fiction. I, of course, am your host, broadcasting once again deep behind enemy lines, the voice and soul of so-called fiction, Johnny Profita, and I am here in the fascist state of Illinois, Chicago, Illinois, to be more precise. Still under lock and key. They, they haven't reopened Chicago yet or Illinois. That's supposed to happen in about 15 days or so. But as this weather turns, people are more and more people are starting to go outside, although you're not supposed to go outside without a mask anymore. So you must wear your government-sanctioned outfit to go enjoy yourself at the park. And, I don't know, maybe 30% of the people are ignoring that order as well. That's always a good thing to see. Anyway, it's Friday. It is Friday, and it turned out to be a pretty nice Friday here after a bunch of rain the last couple of days and even this morning. It's now sunny and about 70, so I don't know how, how long I can stay behind this mic. I need to go enjoy this Friday, and we got a lot to talk about today, so I'm going to try to stay extra focused, even though I... Uh, you know, I tend to go off off on these tangents or rants or things like that, and I, I do think uh, people tell me they enjoy them. I don't know how many I will go on today because there, there's just been a ton of stuff going on in the news. We've got a, a new o- Obama scandal, despite, you know, his bullshit claim that the Obama presidency was scandal-free all eight years, not a single scandal. If you guys remember that lie of all the bullshit to come out of that guy's mouth, the idea that his administration never had a scandal might have been the most outrageous. I mean, I can think of like four or five off the top of my head. He had the uh, Fast and Furious scandal. He had the IRS targeting uh, certain uh, conservative groups for extra scrutiny. He investigated and spied on uh, members of the press. That that guy from Fox News, I forget his name, and the Associated Press, I think. He uh, he bombed a, a drone bombed an American citizen. You had Benghazi. Four Americans died. He he signed the NDAA into law that that uh, allowed the indefinite detention. Of American, ah, yeah, no, no scandals here. <laughs> Scandal free. Okay. Um, anyway, but the the newest revelation of the scandals, the Obama scandals, is the fact that eh, it looks like he uh, 
started this whole uh, spying on the Trump and incoming Trump administration in his final days in office. He was um, at the very least aware, but more likely he was, let's say, involved in the the very beginnings of this Russia collusion story, which turned out to be complete bullshit, as predicted on this show, if you go back and listen. Although, I, I don't know how soon I started the show before the uh, Mueller report actually came out. People pronounce that Mueller. I say Mueller. It's spelled Mueller. I'm saying Mueller. I don't care how the fuck he wants people to pronounce it. But uh, that whole report came out and basically confirmed that this whole Russia collusion thing was bullshit, which I've been saying all along. And if you go back and listen to the episodes, I'm sure you'll hear me talk about that at least once or twice. But now it turns out we're we're getting the, the transcripts from some House hearings that are, are just very damning. For they just prove once and for all definitively that this was all a bunch of bullshit. This was a witch hunt from the start. This was a coup. This was their attempt at dethroning a duly elected president and that everybody was lying about it. And they knew that they were lying. They knew they had nothing. They were saying they were going on TV, the, the Susan Rices of the world, the Adam Schiff's, the uh, Jake Clapper's. These people were going on TV calling Trump treasonous, saying that he's this Russian puppet and they have the evidence, they've seen the evidence. And now we're getting these transcripts from when they were actually testifying under oath in front of Congress. And uh, turns out they actually had nothing. Zilch. Nada. Not a shred of fucking evidence, which I've known this entire time because they've never presented any evidence to anybody. This entire thing was all bullshit, and they were they were lying to the American people. They were lying through their teeth, and then behind closed doors, when they're under oath, uh, they're they're telling the truth that yeah, they actually never saw any evidence. None of them ever did. These are the things that they were saying when they didn't think these uh, interviews would ever see the light of day. They they never thought that these uh, transcripts would get revealed to us because they never expected an investigation into the other side of this into the origins of this obvious lie. And th this all started in the final days of the, uh, the Obama administration. After Trump won election, let me see if I can set the scene because it's been a few years, but man, a, a few years in today's news cycle might as well be a few decades. And when, when you put on top of that, we've been in quarantine for a few months, a day seems like a goddamn year. So you have to back up to basically January of 2017. But really, once Trump won election in 2016, right? He's the president-elect. And when he was out on the campaign trail, he's talking about, I mean, he's saying some really bold things. Like, Bush lied us into war. He lied us into the longest wars in American history. Uh, Obama created ISIS, right? We, we, we need to team up with Russia to fight ISIS, things like this. And that doesn't sit well with the uh, military-industrial complex or the Barack Obamas of the world. I mean, the implication being that Bush and Obama are basically war criminals. 
and that they should be tried for war crimes, which, you know, I agree. But um, this doesn't sit well with uh, the CIAs of the world, the NSAs, the Obamas. So what ends up happening is while Barack Obama is still president and before Donald Trump actually takes office, there's all sorts of shady shit going on behind the scenes. They're having secret meetings. They're discussing ways of spying on the on the Trump administration, the incoming administration, which people to target. They're they're uh, they're looking into this whole Russia thing. They they claim that there might be something there. This is around the time when they had the Steele dossier compiled, which we now know definitively was opposition research paid for by Hillary Clinton to uh, make Donald Trump look like a, a Russian asset. It was all completely fabricated. And it's becoming clear now that this Obama, Comey, FBI, and Justice Department, they never had anything substantial to go on other than that dossier, which was just absolutely ridiculous. Nothing in there was was even remotely true. And, and they all knew that from the start. If you go back and listen to the episodes where I talked about how they got the FISA warrants and things like that, they used that bullshit dossier to sick the, the Bob Mueller uh, special counsel on Donald Trump. And this was all we heard for years Three, the first three years of Trump's presidency was Russia collusion. Donald Trump is a, is Putin's puppet. He's a Russian asset. You know, he uh, they stole the election. They undermined our democracy, right? All of the, every single day, twenty four hours a day. This is we were bombarded with all of this stuff and all of these people coming out, uh, CIA, ex CIA, ex NSA guys. Uh, Susan Rice, Adam, Sch they're all coming out and saying that, oh, we have the evidence. We've seen the evidence. This is rock solid that, that Donald Trump colluded with Russia to, to steal the election from the American people. And, and this is what we're being told by all of these so-called reputable news sources. I'm not the only one calling bullshit on this from the start. Tucker Carlson has been really good uh, on this entire issue. He's been doing a great job if you for it, I mean especially for mainstream type media. He's probably the only one that that got any of this really right on on cable news. Well, I guess Hannity might have been right just because he he's a a stopped clock and and he's going to cheerlead the whatever Republican administrations in there. But Tucker Carlson was actually got this right from the start. And some other podcasts out there did really good work on this as well. Anyway, I, I, I'm sort of drifting off here. The catalyst for all of this seems to be that the Justice Department has dropped its charges against General Mike Flynn. And the information that's being released now that, that show what was, what was going on in these congressional hearings shows that uh, President Barack Obama, in his final days in office, played a key role in, at the very least... Uh, getting this phony scandal started. He knew the FBI had come up with nothing, despite th they've been they were investigating uh, starting in July 2016. That that's when they 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 did this whole thing. They started this whole thing. Flynn, who was the national security advisor for for the Trump campaign uh, under Obama, he was the head of the uh, Defense Intelligence Agency, the DIA, and he left on very bad terms 
2014, I think, around there. And he was, you know, so he's he's this big general guy. He's now Trump's national security advisor. And he's saying that he's on record saying that Russia is no real threat to the U.S., that they're a declining power and that the real threat is China or whatever. So he's backing Trump's play on this. Trump's China, China, China. We should be friends with Russia. Uh, Flynn's backing that. Remember when Donald Trump came out and he was saying that they they tapped his phone or that they were like spying on him through like the microwave or something like that? I mean, that he wasn't far off. The Obama administration was spying on the Trump administration, trying to find some sort of like Russia collusion thing. It was all based off of nothing. And they, they started this whole thing. They kicked this whole thing off. And this this goes on for years, three years of just complete bullshit, lies, all of it, all of it lies. Susan Rice, Jake Clapper, John Brennan, Adam Schiff, all of these clowns are out on TV just lying, lying through their teeth. And remember, you had people like BuzzFeed came out saying that they had rock solid evidence that Trump ordered Michael Cohen to lie to Congress. And th- this whole time, the special counsel, Mueller special counsel, they're going around and they're they're really sticking the putting the screws to anyone that was in Trump's circle, and uh, the FBI, they're they're getting them. Um, you know, they couldn't get anybody on so-called ties to Russia or Russia collusion or anything like that. It was every time that they arrested somebody, it was oh they were lying to Congress or they were lying to the FBI, which. I mean, I I know I've talked about this before on the show, but those should not be crimes, okay? You you should be able to lie to Congress. You should be able to lie to the FBI. Who cares? Uh, First of all, they they lie to us all the time. Everything out of of the mouths of Congress is a complete and utter lie. I, I, I present to you Adam Schiff, but... Or the, or the FBI. The FBI does this shit where they, they lock you in a room for six hours and they can tell you all kinds of lies. They could lie. You know, they're going to go after your son for this, which is what they told Flynn, that they were going to they were going to get his son for being like an unregistered lobbyist or something. But they, they, they spin all sorts of lies and 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 uh, intimidate you and everything like that. And, and that's perfectly fine. That's perfectly fine to do that to you to get a confession. But you're not allowed to lie to them. Uh, this is bullshit. We can lie to them. Or does it say that we can't lie to them? So they're bringing down everyone around Trump, not for collusion with Russia or conspiracy or anything like that, but they're, they're getting them for lying to the FBI. That this Michael Cohen lied to Congress, right? And BuzzFeed had that came out and was doing interviews and articles saying that they had rock solid evidence that, that Trump had ordered Michael Cohen to lie to Congress. Well, that turned out to be complete bullshit. Even Mueller at the time had to come out and actually deny that, that they did not have rock-solid evidence. The guy from BuzzFeed was saying that he'd seen it. Everybody had seen all this evidence, and we have 17 uh, intelligence agencies all all corroborate this story that Donald Trump is a Russian asset, and they have the evidence, and we've seen the evidence. And, oh, oh, it turns out um, behind closed doors in all of these uh, House congressional hearings, Nope. None of them had seen anything. This was all all a lie. Uh, every single, every, every bit of it. This was a setup from the start. They were out to get Donald Trump, hell or high water. They were going to lie about it. It didn't matter. Flynn was just a pawn 
a pawn in their game plan to take down Trump, just like Michael Cohen, just like Roger Stone. It's like anybody else that they got for lying to the FBI or the Congress or some other trumped up charge, pun intended. They, they were all just pawns in their ultimate goal uh, of taking down Trump. And that uh, it all started under Barack Obama's watch. Uh, surprise, surprise. And Mueller waits until the last second to finally admit that they had nothing. He, he lets the whole world think uh, that there was a possibility of this for over two years. He let the country think that the president had been colluding with a hostile foreign power. And the irony of all of this is that this is the collusion. This is the conspiracy. This is the treason. They're, they're, they're out here calling Donald Trump a, a treasonous, right? He committed treason because he's a puppet of Vladimir Putin. When we have a bunch of unelected bureaucrats trying to take out a duly elected president who won the election fair and square, despite the, I don't know, $20,000 in Facebook ads or something that, that the Russians put out that nobody ever saw or, or gave a shit about. Believe me, uh, if, to, if a, a couple tens of thousands of dollars worth of Facebook ads swung this election, if that's what you believe, I mean, Bloomberg just spent like $100 million trying to sway uh, this next election, and uh, that guy c- couldn't get one goddamn vote for him. So um, anyway, but they were straight up. I mean, this was a straight up coup. This was an attempted coup. They were talking about, remember, trying to use the 25th Amendment to dethrone him which would have been just like an outright blatant coup. Uh, but they decided to go with this Russia collusion conspiracy story. As we know now, it was based off of complete bullshit. But this was still a win for them. None of these people are, are going to go to jail. None of them are going to get the, uh, the, the Flynn treatment, the uh, Roger Stone treatment. No, no. They, these people are going to be fine. Clapper, Brennan, Susan Rice, uh, Adam Schiff. They, they should all be, if lying to Congress is against the law, why isn't lying to the American people? And lying to the FBI is such a crime. Okay, well, you just lied to the American people, the people that put you into power, that you supposedly work for. So all of these people should be put in prison, all of them, for being a bunch of fucking liars. But none of them will. And they were able to perpetuate this lie and ruin Donald Trump's presidency you know, I mean, you guys know I'm not a, a big Donald Trump fan or anything like that. But you have to feel for the Donald Trump supporters who had their president, their his entire first term, completely hijacked, stolen from them. His entire agenda was stolen, and there's not going to be any repercussions for it. And they're all going to get away with this scot-free because you know, they're part of the, the swamp that was supposed to be drained. And this was a win for them either way, as long as none of them get and end up behind uh, behind bars. They were able to keep this story going every couple of months. There was another anonymous source that would, oh, when there's smoke, there's fire, and that they could keep this story going and keep it fresh in the minds of the American people. And and the more they hear it, the more you repeat a lie, the more believable it becomes, and the more people accept it. And man, did they keep this thing going? So this is where we are now. The, the Department of Justice is seeing all of these uh, transcripts come out and realizing that th- this entire investigation into Flynn was was ridiculous, and they had nothing on him. This was a setup from the start. They've admitted that it was a setup. They're, they have it like on paper that the FBI knew he hadn't committed any crimes, 
they they investigated this for like four months and, and and their investigation turned up nothing new. They had already tapped his phone. We have the the text messages from Peter Strzok to his girlfriend saying that they were going to get him, you know, you know, no matter what, they're going to take Trump down. And then we got the the WikiLeaks email dumps from the the DNC servers, the Hillary Clinton emails, all that stuff, right? And the, and the DNC wouldn't allow anybody to to investigate the their DNC server hack except for this one outside company CrowdStrike. And now all of these documents, these transcripts that Adam Schiff, that lying son of a bitch Adam Schiff was refusing to turn over and make public. We finally got him. We got our hands on him in these hearings, in these transcripts. Uh, when they asked the the like the CEO of CrowdStrike if they had proof uh, of a Russia hack of the DNC servers, nope. He ha- he admitted that they had no proof, just like everybody else admitted that they had no proof. Susan Rice admitted that she had seen no evidence. She had never had a- any proof or anything like that. James Clapper, same thing admitted that he had he hadn't seen any any concrete evidence or anything like that. Shocking. What a shocker that they had bupkis. And I wonder why Adam Schiff didn't want to release any of these transcripts. And so the DOJ is dropping the charges against Flynn because they're they're seeing all this evidence come out to the fact that this was all just complete bullshit. And now you have guys like Obama coming out and saying, oh, this, the fix is in. This is outrageous. This is a miscarriage of justice. The Justice Department is, is just uh, like the right hand of Donald Trump doing all his bidding now and saying that uh, Attorney General Barr is politicizing the Justice Department. And that that's their the left's criticism of this now is that, oh, Donald Trump is politicizing the Justice Department when, in fact, it was Barack Obama who politicized the Justice Department. It was the Obama administration. It was all of these uh, holdovers from his administration that that politicized all of these departments. And now you have all of these talking heads on CNN, MSNBC. They're all outraged that the Department of Justice is dropping these charges against Flynn, which were bullshit charges to begin with, lying to the FBI. He pleaded guilty to lying to the FBI because they basically threatened his son with with charges. And so he took the fall. It's truly amazing. The, the people that are always out there beating the drum for investigations into Donald Trump and investigations into corruption and we need transparency and we should investigate this and we should investigate that. All of a sudden, when the investigation gets turned around on them and it's, it's looking into their boys, the Obama administration or the DNC or all of these deep state operatives, then, then all of a sudden, all those cries for investigation go quiet, don't they? They all seem to dissipate, disappear. We're no longer interested in investigating. No, no, this is politicizing everything now. How dare you? The, the, the real investigation into the origins of this complete lie, that's no longer transparency or, or that's not a legitimate investigation. No, no, that's the witch hunt here. This is politicizing everything. This is the scandal. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable the, the amount of uh, mental gymnastics they go through. I mean, if I had told, like, if you had read this in any other, like, foreign newspaper or something, you got a news story out of, uh, I don't, like, a, a European country, 
that after the after an election where you had a duly elected president, the outgoing president, and all of his like uh, his goons, all of his bureaucratic goons that are staying behind these unelected bureaucratic positions, right? In the last weeks of office, he uses that to target the incoming administration and sabotage the new administration. This would be you. You would think that this is like the biggest scandal of all time, and that's exactly what happened here. And nobody seems to care about it. Uh, they're upset that the Department of Justice is actually trying to correct this. They're trying to get on the right side of this for once. And they want they want to go after a bar for investigating this. It, it, this is really something. And it just turns out, as we've said all along, that, uh, yeah, uh, Trump was not a Russian agent. He didn't collude with Russia to steal the election or anything like that. This was all all a bunch of nonsense. And the media jumped on this because... The corporate press, they're a, a bunch of corrupt puppets with an agenda, and they wanted this to be true as much as anybody. There, there, there was no evidence whatsoever ever presented to back up any of these claims. And there was a ton of evidence coming out to the contrary this whole time. It just kept trickling out. But all, all they could point to was that these uh, intelligence agencies, all 14 intelligence agencies or 17 intelligence agencies, whatever it is, they all agree that this is true and that this is what happened. And they have the evidence and some of us have seen the evidence and this is solid. And this was big. They I mean, they used this. This was leading up to the, the midterm elections. They were able to flip the House. So Republicans lost control of the House. They used this to paint Trump into a corner. They derailed his entire presidency. His entire agenda was done for from the beginning because they undermined. I mean, there was nothing he could do. If he wanted to work with Russia to defeat ISIS like he said he wanted to do, well, how can he do that? The second he does that, he proves all, this whole narrative that he's a, a puppet of Vladimir Putin. So he's been really tough on Russia. He's had to do the exact opposite just to sort of posture and pretend like he, uh, he isn't this uh, Russian foreign asset. <laughs> and of course, the irony of all of this is that the, the screams, the endless screams of, oh, he's undermining our democracy, our sacred democracy. Donald Trump has committed treason against the country. He's undermining our sacred democracy. And I can't think of anything that could have been done to undermine democracy more than what Mueller, Susan Rice, Jake Clapper, Adam Schiff, Barack Obama, all these people, the, the, the entire DNC, Hillary Clinton, the email, everything, all of it, nothing, the media, the, the constant media barrage, against Donald Trump, nothing could have undermined democracy more than that. And yet this is what they were concerned, so concerned about the whole time. Well, yeah, um, derailing a, a duly elected president's entire administration, uh, miring it in all of these investigations and these fake scandals and all that stuff, that is what really undermined your sacred democracy. But anyway, um, I think it's time that we, we take a victory lap on this one. Oh, by the way, speaking of victory laps, we've gotten more evidence to come out on the Ahmaud Arbery shooting that I talked about on last Friday's podcast. But since then, uh, yours truly, once again, has been proven right. <laughs> Don't doubt me. Don't 
doubt me. This whole narrative that he was out for a jog, that if you remember, I called bullshit on immediately. He was out for a jog and a bunch of white supremacists just hunted him down and, and shot him right there on the spot. Well, now it turns out that they've got uh, some additional footage from the neighborhood, you know, one of those ring doorbell type cameras or whatever that show him walking, walking down the street, not jogging, walking into a house that was under construction, a construction site that, you know, like an open construction site. And he, he sort of mosey moseys on in there. And then within the construction site, they have cameras set up, which you know, supports the the narrative that there had been thieves in the neighborhood stealing from this construction site. I mean, why else would you have cameras set up inside a construction house and uh, a construction site unless you've had things stolen from the construction site? So now we've got footage from inside the construction site of him like poking his head around, look looking around inside the construction site. Now it's unclear whether or not he actually stole something. But it looks like what happened is he went into that construction site and there had been things stolen from that construction site in the past. And so he got confronted by neighbors when when he came out of the house. And that that confrontation is what sparked him to start jogging. He started to run away and that that whole thing ensued now. Again, I'm not saying that what happened to him is justified in any way, shape or form. Not what I'm saying here. Uh, I'm just saying that, once again, the mainstream media narrative, this whole, everything that you hear, all the blue check marks on Twitter, all these fucking politicians, they're all full of shit, and you need to stop listening to them. They are lying to you. How am I right about this stuff all of the time? How did I know Russia collusion was bullshit from the start? Well... These people are liars. Look at who's telling you this. They, they all lie. Everything they say, 99% of the time, it's going to be a complete lie. Of course. How did I know Arbery wasn't out jogging? Well, the, the mainstream media narrative was that he was out for a jog and white supremacists were killing him. And they've, they've made up that same bullshit narrative 10 other times before that. And it always turns out to be not even close to true. How did I know Russia collusion was a lie? Well, 17 intelligence agencies said so. 17 intelligence agencies had all this evidence, but we can't see it. You know, we can't show it to you, but, uh, but trust us, we have all this evidence. Yeah, yeah, the Gestapo, basically, are telling us that they have evidence to prove that Donald Trump is a Russian agent. Okay, yeah, the, the same 17 intelligence agencies that lied us into the, the longest wars in American history, weapons of mass destruction, that uh, Assad is gassing his people. Uh, I mean, the, the list of lies goes on and on. So that's how I know that uh, that's how I'm right about this stuff all the time. Because the people that are, you are taking your news from, and I get, I get that to the everyday American who's not obsessed with this stuff, who doesn't follow it as closely as someone like me. They, they hear that, you know, all the uh, national security, uh, the uh, former CIA, head of the CIA, former NSA guy, and Adam Schiff, he's a congress, all, all these really important political figures, Susan Rice. They're, they're all saying this stuff, that they've seen this evidence, and, you know, they're, they're serious people. 
and, and serious news agencies like CNN, the, the cable news network are, are saying so. So I'm going to believe the experts. I'm going to believe these people in a position of power. <laughs> when those are anytime uh, words are coming out of a politician's mouth, they're lying. I mean, that's that's the joke. How do you know a politician is lying? His lips are moving. These intelligence agencies lie for a living. Uh, why would you listen to them? When have they not lied to you? <laughs> how about that? How about start there? But that's how I know uh, we are being lied to by all of these people. And right now we're, we're sitting here in quarantine being told that, you know, millions of people are going to die unless we, we hand over all of this power and control to the government. We've got the, the Democrats uh, proposing a $3 trillion HEROES Act. The HEROES Act. <laughs> These fucking names are just so ridiculous. But we have another stimulus bill coming through, coming down the pike here. A $3 trillion, 1,800-page pork barrel bill just full of all sorts of Democratic wish list things and more money for all of these pet projects, all of these indirect ways of assisting the American people, apparently. We've got, um, uh, first and foremost on their list of agenda, what they've been talking about, is $875 billion for state and local governments. Okay, uh, this, is how, this is what they want to use to bail out all of these bankrupt states like Illinois, California, New York, all these states that have been run into the ground by progressive democratic policies that they claim work so well. That, th that this is the, the way of the future, right? We're progressive. We got to do this and that. But they're all bankrupt, and they all need a bailout. If you need to be bailed out, your policies don't work. They're unsustainable. We should not. And I've gone over the, the moral hazard of bailing out the states in prior episodes, so go back and listen to those. But, I mean, this is ridiculous. $75 billion for testing for coronavirus testing, $75 billion. I mean, how many tests is that? How much does a test cost? <laughs> how much does one test cost? How much does one test cost when you buy them in bulk if you're not a fucking retarded government agent that overpays for everything? I mean, $75 billion for tests? Well, why? Who cares about these tests? Hazard pay for essential workers? $75 billion in mortgage relief, so... Uh, the same amount being spent on uh, tests for the virus go to people to help them pay their mortgages. <laughs> what would you rather have, uh, John and Susie Q, that are underwater in your mortgage, that, that can't afford to, to pay for your house, the roof over your head? Would you like a coronavirus test to tell you that you're going to be sick for the next few days and then you're going to be fine 99.9% .9 of the time? Or would you like to be able to pay your mortgage? <laughs> I'll let you decide. Equal amounts of money going to those two things. Uh, $100 billion for rental assistance. $25 billion for the post office. Thank God for that. Yeah, the, the, the post office that gets caught constantly dumping mail in, like, the forest and shit. They, they find these guys up. Oh, he's been dumping mail in, in this, like, dump site for the last five years. Hasn't been delivering any of it. And uh, can't seem to deliver me a shelf on time. That post office... They want to do another round of $1,200 stimulus checks, but also give everybody $1,200 per child, up to $6,000. So $6,000 a month 
for your kids, plus you get your 1200 I mean, they already have a problem with people making more money sitting on their ass at home watching Netflix than going back to work. And so even as these companies are trying to start back up, as they gradually allow us to engage in commerce again, our wise overlords in Washington are going to let you open up your business. Maybe. Well, good luck getting your workers to come back. Good luck when they're making more, sitting at home doing nothing, getting a paid vacation than, than coming back to work for you and risking getting this deadly coronavirus that they've got everybody worked up about. Uh, oh, $3.6 billion for elections. Uh, the the sacred elections that you know even if, if let, let's say we hold these elections and they don't like the outcome oh then we're just gonna spend the next three years trying to uh, uh, dethrone the duly elected president uh, we're gonna have another deep state coup because because uh, you know we didn't like who you voted for you had Coke and you had Pepsi and you chose wrong so uh, yeah. Ten billion for SNAP, which is you know, food stamps, things like that, and ten billion for small businesses. Seventy-five billion for the virus tests. Seventy-five billion to find out if you're going to be sick for a few days. Ten billion for people, uh, small business owners, who have been struggling to keep their livelihood, their blood, sweat, and tears alive all of these the, all of these uh, months that they've been forced to shut down for what's looking more and more like another one of these government hoaxes. They, they, they've completely got this wrong. All of their models were completely wrong. Everything they told us, none of this is panning out. And here we are sitting inside of our houses after what was supposed to be a two-week thing to you know give hospitals enough time to prepare for this and, and handle the surge. And then we we're going to flatten the curve for another two weeks. Don't worry, just a couple weeks. Well, here we are two months later, and um, none of their models are, are coming to fruition. Not nearly as many people, the millions that they've threatened us with dying have died. It looks like we've been bamboozled, as I said on previous episodes, once again. And, uh, you know, if you need any more evidence that these people are just a bunch of liars, I mean, the, uh, the guy, the scientist who's, who created the model that all of these countries took so seriously that said, oh, we all have to self-quarantine or two million people are going to die or something like that. Um, he just got caught breaking quarantine so that he could bang his mistress. <laughs> yeah, so he's not even taking this seriously. But, you know, Russia collusion, Russia hoax, uh, coronavirus hoax. It's just another one in a long line uh, of lies that we're being told. And uh, let's see what else they... Oh, they got a repeal of the... Um, cap on state and local tax deductions. I found that pretty interesting. Isn't that interesting that Democrats want tax breaks for the rich because that's who that's who's uh ha is subject to the cap, right? If, if you make uh you make so much money, you can only deduct x amount of dollars from your state and local taxes and they, and they want to take away that cap so that rich people can deduct more uh more of their income from state and local taxes. Uh, oh, oh, interesting. Wonder why they do that. Could that have anything to do with the fact that uh, places like California and New York, there are a lot of rich Democratic voters hmm. who claim that they like paying taxes. They all say that they have no problem paying taxes. 
But uh, here, here they are giving tax breaks for the rich after they've spent the last three years lambasting Trump for giving tax breaks to the rich. Uh, okay. Um, oh, and then the best one. My personal favorite of, of all of this. Lobbyists are now, uh, there, there's language in here that will make lobbyists eligible for small business loans from the federal government. I wonder who got that little bit of language inserted into this 2,000-page bill. Who do you think got that in there? Huh? You think maybe it was a lobbyist? You think? <laughs> lobbyists are now in the HEROES Act. We're all heroes here. Uh, okay. But the, the left wing is going to love this coronavirus thing. This is, I mean, I'm calling it a hoax. It, it's... It's not a hoax, okay, but they're they're turning it into a hoax. I mean, there are people dying of coronavirus. There's no doubt about that. The vast majority of those people, in fact, we, we just got some numbers from Cook County. Wirepoints did an analysis of the Cook County numbers, and lo and behold, they're a lot like those numbers out of New York that I went over a couple weeks ago. 94% of people in Cook County that have died of coronavirus had at least one underlying condition diabetes hypertension high blood pressure yeah and the vast majority of them were over the age of 50 and even like the death rate really gets gets up there when you get over 70 with underlying conditions so yeah more evidence that we don't all have to be cooped up in our houses for six months to uh, to make sure that this pandemic doesn't kill everybody in the world but the left is going to use this as their next, uh, th this is going to be their bread and butter. It used to be climate change. They used climate change to justify their entire agenda, and they try to get everything passed based on that, the Green New Deal, right, because of climate change, and the, the whole world was going to end in 12 years. But this, this is better than climate change. This is a, a government's wet dream. This is a, an authoritarian's wet dream. And the, the Democrats, the, the, the really hardcore leftists in America, they are by far the most authoritarian of our authoritarian government. But this absolves them of all of the responsibility for any of the problems, right? The, the state and local uh, municipal bankruptcies that Nancy Pelosi wants to bail out, all of these pension funds that are completely bankrupt. I had an article in the stack about that that I'm not going to have time to get into, maybe on next week's show. Uh, the, the federal debt that's skyrocketing because, you know, we're spending $3 trillion here, $2 trillion there, the Federal Reserve, another $6 trillion there. So it, was, it absolves them of all that responsibility because it's a virus. Nobody could have seen this coming, and we couldn't do anything about it, but now we must fight it because the virus is going to kill us all. And this gives them justification, gives them every reason they need for further intrusion into our lives. Never mind the fact that all of this intrusion into our lives by government is what's caused all these problems in the first place. But climate change was good. It was a good boogeyman. And they came up with all of these models showing that the end of the world was not far off if we didn't surrender more power and control to them. You know, we need admission standards and we need to get off of fossil fuels and you got to do this and you got to do that. All while they're parading around, uh, flying private in their private jets. And they can point to a scientist, right, who 
coincidentally gets his grant uh, funding from the government or a company that gets their funding from the government. So either way, he's indirectly getting paid by the government to say what the government wants them to say. And they can point to him and they can say, see, look, look at these scientists. They're scientists and they have uh, they, they say we have 12 years to live. If we don't give them more, if we don't give more money to the government, if we don't give more power to the government and let them regulate our activity, our daily lives, regulate all these things that we're doing, the entire world as we know it is going to end and people will die sometime in the future. And no matter what happened with their bullshit models, if the world was uh, supposedly getting too hot, it was, it was going to be global warming, but then it turned out that the, the planet was actually cooling. Uh, well, then, you know, we'll switch it to, from global warming to global cooling. And we'll, we can just keep going back and forth like that. And if it starts getting warmer again, that, well, then it's uh, climate change. Well, the climate changes. But either way, the, the climate is changing, and no matter which direction it goes, it's going to be Armageddon. We're all going to die. Uh, in 12 years, our, the planet will be uninhabitable for our children, says Bernie Sanders, right? Well, the, the coronavirus is going to kill you in the next 12 days. So this is, this is an even bigger emergency. Now there's no time to think about it. I mean, before we had 12 years to sort of iron out the details here. But no, no, th this virus, it, it'll kill you in the next week. So don't think. Just worry, make sure you freak out, listen to your government, and hand over whatever powers we are asking for. And like I said, with this virus, it's even worse. We can't see it. We can't necessarily defend against it because, you know, it can mutate. It can change forms. It's super contagious. We don't have a vaccine. And it can spread so easily that it will kill you right now, not 12 years from now, not 20 years from now, like 10 days from now, we're all going to die. So obviously, of course, we need, we need to believe our wise overlords. They have never lied to us before. All, all those intelligence agencies, they're all on the level. The Adam Schiffs of the world have never told a lie, never told a bald-faced lie, Susan Rice. Nope, no, Donald Trump never told a lie either, did he? Barack Obama, I mean, black Jesus doesn't lie. Of course not. He is a scandal-free presidency. And now all of these people are out there telling us that this is the new thing that's going to kill us all. So obviously, we need to let them control every aspect of our lives. They need to know where we're going. They need to know who we're coming into contact with. They want us to, uh, to confine ourselves to certain areas and be dependent on their permission to do literally anything go outside go to the park to leave the state oh you, you better ask you better ask first I'll leave the country you'll need your your papers uh, you better have your immunity papers that's what they want to come up with now immunity papers you have to give us a blood you have to give us some of your blood some dna take this test and submit to uh, all sorts of unimaginable intrusions into our privacy and your liberty because virus. Ooh, big scary coronavirus that kills mm, maybe twice as many people as the flu. O okay. <laughs> this is it. This is the big thing here. We're, we're going to have mass testing, screening, screening checkpoints, contact tracing, 
immunity passports, snitch tip lines for the Corona Karens out there to report all of the rule breakers to authorities. I mean, these may seem like really small, incremental, necessary, and and prudent steps that we need to take, right, in the war on coronavirus. Nothing could be further from the truth. This is only necessary for the government to expand their control, to undermine our rights, and to violate the rules, the rules that are supposed to protect us from this exact government overreach. This is the sort of stuff that's always done incrementally. It's like the frog in boiling water. You don't toss him right into the scalding hot water. No, he'll jump right out. You put him in lukewarm water. You gradually turn up that heat. You gradually raise that temperature. And by the time he realizes that he's being cooked to death, it's too late. And if you look around, we've already allowed them to put everything into place to control our lives. We have a militarized police force, SWAT teams. Department of Education has a SWAT team. EPA has a SWAT team. Why? Well, the war on drugs. We were scared. Drugs are bad. We have warrantless surveillance, drones, indefinite detention. Why? The war on terror. We were scared. Terrorists were going to kill us all. And unless we gave all this power to the government to spy on us... Oh, we were all going to die. And they've got everything else they need at their disposal. Thermal imaging cameras, contact tracing apps, microchips, biometric databases. They just needed the boogeyman that they could point to so that they can get all of the lemmings in America all whipped up into a frenzy, afraid that we're all going to die and get the American people on board with the implementation now. That's all they needed to do. We have all the technology. They have all the power. We just, they just need a, an apathetic American public to allow them to implement it. And you've given it to them. We've all given it to them, haven't we? All of you lemmings out there with your masks on, clamoring for more government intervention, reporting businesses that open in defiance of the government decree, all of you fear mongers out there, Scaring the bejesus out of uh, naive and unsuspecting victims. You've given it to them. I mean, this is incredible. We have Americans, Americans, that want their government to track everyone's whereabouts. Give them mandatory medical injections. Have checkpoints and screenings. Stop and frisk. Show me your papers. They want people pulled out of their homes, family members taken from their house and put into detention centers because virus and all of those powers and all of those tools that we've already turned over from the previous crises, right? They have and they will continue to use them and they're going to start to use the new ones as well, all in the name of safety, of course, course they'll hide behind the veil of safety like they always do we're we're doing this for you this is so that you're safe so that everyone stays healthy so that you can go back to life again the new normal don't fall for it do not fall for it come on not this time we've all seen this play before and it's all bullshit it's like everything they do 
everything they do is a lot. Even if they might have good intentions now, maybe they have the best of intentions and they really are just concerned and, and they don't want Americans to die. Okay, I'll, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt that they are not just a, a bunch of corrupt liars despite all the evidence to the contrary. Okay, that's fine. But the road to hell, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. And these will be used for nefarious purposes. These will be used for nefarious reasons against all of us in the future. Mark my words. I mean, this has national ID or, or some sort of national classification system written all over it, doesn't it? ID cards, immunity passports, checkpoints, detention centers. Those will all become routine. Routine methods of control if we allow it. And the ramifications of this are almost endless. Government agents stopping people randomly, making them identify themselves, pat-downs, warrantless screenings and wiretaps, searches, interrogations, tests that you must have that you must pass in order to be able to exist outside of your home or outside of some government center. You want to come out of lockdown? Okay, take this. Take this pill. Take this shot. Put this in your body. Fill out this paperwork, okay? It's not that big a deal. Just sign here and, and, and carry it around with you at all times. Or, or, or up here, put this on. You want to go outside? Put this on your face. I mean, does that sound like a free society to you? Or does that sound like a police state? I mean, we're going tra- to start tracking COVID-19 positive people. Why stop there? Why not track other sick people too? How about, uh, how about people who have the potential to get sick? They're high risk, right? All these high risk groups because now we know who that is. So should we know where they are at all times? And if they've come into contact with anybody who could potentially get them sick? And why just sick people? Why, why don't we track criminals? Why don't we track all of these uh, bad people that are out there hurting other people? Everyone who has ever been convicted of a crime or suspected of a crime. Oh, oh, how about this? How about we track uh, just the high-risk groups, the high-risk criminal groups? Huh? Want to do that? You know, people that are more likely to commit a crime based on their age or their gender or their race. Things like that. No problem there, right? (laughs) What are those crime statistics again? I forget. I mean, I just want everybody to be safe. That's all. Safe and crime-free. Safe, healthy, and crime-free. So why don't we follow all of these people around? This is all in the name of safety. We can't just have potential violent criminals prowling around the streets without the government knowing their whereabouts and possessing the ability to stop them on the spot randomly, search them, you know, make sure that they don't have anything on them that doesn't belong to them. What kind of world is this? You want to be safe, don't you? This is a great idea. Why don't we round up all of the criminals, all of the potential criminals, the rapists, the pedophiles, the sick, the potentially sick, people that, you know, based on government statistics and government models and bulk data collection, and we can monitor all of their communications, all of their movements, you know, just in case, just so we have our finger on the pulse. Hey, maybe we can even put in like a little microchip or something that we could pinpoint their exact location. We'll just give them a little chip. 
That way, you know, if we need to stop and frisk them or take their temperature, we know exactly where they are. Who knows? Maybe that microchip can, can give them a little shock or something. Give them a zap, like a tase, just in case they get too ornery with us. Huh? How about that? I mean, where does this end? Right? What's your guiding principle here, all you guys out there? that are all for this uh, dystopian authoritarian policies aimed at protecting you against a, a flu virus. If the government can stop you for no reason and demand you present your papers to them and detain you, if, if they don't like what, you, what the paperwork that you have or if it, there's something wrong with it, are you really free? If the government can force you to inject yourself with something, they can force you to uh, allow them to inject you, with a vaccine, do you own your body or does it belong to the government? If they own it, then they can pretty much do anything with it, can't they? Anything they want. Conscription all of a sudden becomes okay. Or slavery, right? Not a problem because, you know, you don't own your body. The government does. It's, it's property of Uncle Sam. And it, you don't think they'll do something like that? Uh, maybe not slavery, but all that contact tracing and all that nonsense. They're collecting all sorts of data and categorizing people. They've already given each of us a number. You're given a number the day you're born. And that number is so that they can track you everywhere you go and every dime that you make for your entire existence. They're already monitoring our communications, our phone calls, text, emails, cell phone tracking data, GPS chips in our vehicles, financial records, thanks to 9-11, the Patriot Act, and all that anti-money laundering provisions that they, they've essentially forced banks, and I've talked about this before, but I'll go over it again real quickly. They forced banks and financial institutions and brokerage firms, all those, anybody that handles money for you. They monitor all of your financial activity. They have huge compliance departments for this. And they are required to report you to the government if you're engaging in uh, what they've determined to be suspicious behavior. And then they can freeze your accounts. They can steal money directly out of your accounts just on suspicion that you're doing something nefarious. And now they, they all, they'll have uh, fingerprints, facial recognition, DNA from blood tests and things like that. Who knows what they're going to do with all this information in the future? And that's the point. That's the point. Sure, you know, it may start as a way uh, of, uh, you know, getting this virus under control, seeing if you just have the virus. We just want to make sure that you're healthy. But then what? What about 10 years from now? What, what will they be using it for then? They can use this to come after you for anything. Anytime that you run afoul of the, the thousands and thousands of rules and regulations that they add thousands to every year, anytime you run afoul of that, they can get you for something. And once they've decided that you have, that's it. They, they can now detain you indefinitely without trial, thanks to the NDAA. That has that in there. You can thank Barack Obama for that one. Sure, you know, maybe, maybe they'll need to tweak it a little bit or, or read some interpretation into that legislation to give them some wiggle room to detain you for coronavirus, but th that's no problem. They can get that. They can slip that in there. They rubber stamp that thing every time it comes up for reauthorization. Thousands of pages long. Nobody knows what's in there. Uh, lobbyists have been cramming new language into that thing left and right every year. 
just like they did with the $3 trillion bill that magically got lobbyists um, eligible for small business loans because they're essential heroes. All of those lobbyists, what would we be doing without them? You may think what you're doing right now is harmless and that you're innocent and of any wrongdoing so that you, you never have anything to worry about, right? Because you're, you're a law-abiding citizen. You don't have to be worried about these weapons being turned against you. Well, think again. Think again. When the standard for innocence is determined by the government, nobody is safe. A couple of months ago, it would have been unfathomable that walking down the street without a mask would be against the law. Or that opening your business up to customers, serving people food, giving them a haircut, that you would get thrown in jail or raided by a SWAT team for that. Playing catch with your kids in the park, going to the beach, surfing, all recently deemed illegal by your government. And if you don't think government databases and your personal information can and will be used against you by your government, well, you are willfully ignorant of history. And not even ancient history, by the way. Modern history. Very, very recent. Within the last hundred years. You know, everyone's fond of calling people Nazis these days. Well, guess what the Nazis did? They required all the Jews to carry specially stamped ID cards for traveling around within the country. Then, you know, that was sort of the precursor to the Yellow Star of David badges. How do you think they identified all of the Jews to round them up and send them off to death camps? <laughs> it was the ID cards. It, these are the incremental steps that they take. They did the same type of shit in South Africa during apartheid. You had to carry around passbooks, and they used them to regulate the movement of black citizens around the country uh, and, and segregate the population. Uh, they passed, uh, it, was, it was called the, the, the Pass Laws Act, I think is what it was called, in like 1950, 1952, something like that. Those passbooks determined how long a black African could, could stay in a certain area. Government agents would, you know, they could cross stuff out. They could deny uh, permission slips. They could cancel stuff. Whenever they felt like it, uh, you know, they're corrupt government officials. That's what they do. Your passbook was invalid for some reason. You could be arrested, imprisoned. Even here, in the land of the free, home of the brave, America, right? 120,000 Japanese Americans were rounded up and put into camps. That was less, that was less than 100 years. It was like 75 years ago. That happened. And after 9-11, we rounded up a bunch of Muslim men and put them uh, in detainment centers based on their religion and their ethnicity. And if you think your beloved Supreme Court is going to deem any of this shit illegal, think again. They haven't. It's still legal to put people in internment camps. So think about where we're headed here. Think about where we could be going. And ask yourself if you still want those uh, immunity ID cards or whatever, immunity passports, or if you still want the government knowing everything about you, where you go, what you do, who you talk to, what you talk about. What's going to happen somewhere down the line when people like you are, I don't know, deemed deplorable 
for whatever reason by uh, the incoming president or they've decided that you're guilty of wrong think or questioning the settled science, questioning the World Health Organization, questioning your wise overlords in Washington. What's going to happen then? For those of you out there trying to justify all of these authoritarian measures being taken because of health, because of the economy or national security or any of that stuff, think about the role of government what that role should be. Think about whether or not you want to be a free individual or a subject because you can't have it both ways. You can't be free and have a police state. You can't have liberty and live under an all-powerful dictatorship that can tell you you can't leave your home. You can't expect to have your rights respected by those you put into power if you allow the government to trample all over them and shit on the founding documents that are supposed to protect us from them. And if you don't think they will use all of these tools against you, remind yourself of what we started the top of the show with, all this Russiagate horse shit, the deep state coup, and the fact that these people didn't hesitate to use everything at their disposal, all the backhanded shit you can imagine behind-the-scenes stuff, secret meetings, phone tapping, illegal taps, uh, lying to the FISA courts to get warrantless wiretap, things like that. All these spying apparatuses were used against a duly elected president, the leader of the free world. Of course, they're not going to hesitate to use it on a peasant like you. I'm going to wrap there, guys, on a high note. Try to enjoy your weekend before it's too late. God knows what these guys are going to do to us <laughs> over the next couple of weeks. I'm just kidding. Everything's going to be fine, ladies and gentlemen, as long as you stop uh, buying into these narratives and, and putting up with uh, all of these authoritarian decrees and stand up for your right to exist as a free individual. And um, guys, if you like the show today, do me a favor. Share it with a friend. Download and subscribe. Give me a five-star rating and review on iTunes. Follow me on Twitter at Pedal Fiction. And if you want to become a supporting listener of the show, you can do that at PedalingFictionPodcast.com. And if you can do all that for me, I will be back next week with a brand new episode for you. Until then, you know the drill. Just keep on pedaling that so-called fiction. Peace. 